You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Monday, June 6th, 2022. We sat down with ultra runner Scott Snell to hear all about his incredible journey of earning a spot on Team USA for Big's Backyard Ultra. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sasquad Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquad Trail Runners. And we are excited to be back for season three of the Run Venture series. This is our second episode. We're, we're cramming a couple in uh, last week and this week. So we're excited to welcome Scott Snell on for the interview tonight. Um, first, we're going to share a couple updates on what's going on with Sasquad. So first of all, if you're not familiar with us, we host trail parties around New York and New Jersey. That's what we call our events our trail races. We have about one race every month throughout the year. It's a really fun series. Our goal and our mission is to welcome all ages, paces, and people. Everyone's welcome at our events and we're all about fun. So here's the rundown on what's going on in Sasquad land for the summer. So we have perhaps our biggest trail party of the year coming up in a couple of weeks, the Midnight Squatchapalooza. That is down at the Burlington County Fairgrounds in Columbus, New Jersey. It is a all night party. So this race starts at midnight. So that's on June 26th, not, not Saturday night. It's, well, technically Saturday night, but Sunday night, uh, midnight, and we have a 12 hour race. So that goes from midnight to 12 noon on Sunday. We also have a six hour race and a three hour race. So you can register on ultrasignup.com for that. It is pancake flat. There's like 30, 50 feet of elevation in the two and a half mile loop. So it's a fast and flat course. Uh, it's, it, it's really like a cross country course. So mostly grass with a tiny bit of pavement that we couldn't get around. So that's happening in June. And then we have two events in July. Both are supporting uh, charity partners that are giving back to our local community in the form of food support. So on Tuesday, J July 12th, we are joining the 10 day of 10 Ks. We've done this for a couple of years now. This will be year number three. So what this is, there's 10 days of 10 Ks that whole week and they're led by different organizations in the community. So we are sponsoring the one on July 12th and we're gonna mark our 5K loop at South Mountain Reservation, West Orange, New Jersey. And then you can go out there anytime during the day or you can join a group that's going to be meeting at 6.30 a.m. that I'll be leading. So this is raising funds for the charity MEND New Jersey, which is a group of 21 food pantries um, around our county, in Essex County. Uh, and then July 9th is the fifth annual Fat Sass Switchback Challenge. This is our little mini mountain race where you climb 300 feet and a half mile and then you plummet back down 300 feet in the next half mile. So it's a one mile loop and you can do that for six hours, three hours, or you can just do three loops for a 5k. So that supports our partner living to neighbors, helping neighbors. And we host a food drive at that race. And then for August, we are at Stoke State Forest twice. So that is in Branchville, New Jersey, out in Sussex County. So August 6th is our second annual Thunder Chicken Squatch, which is like 
the greatest race name ever. Um, we are honoring our military and veteran runners. And if you're active duty military or veteran, we uh, extend a 50% off discount for this race. It's 17 miles or seven miles. And we support our partner, Operation Chill Out. And that nonprofit gets warm clothing into the hands of homeless veterans in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. And then the last trail party of the summer is the Backyard Squatch Ultra, which we're going to be chatting a little bit about tonight with Scott. So you know the drill with the backyard uh, style race. You got to do 4.166667 miles every hour on the hour until there's only one person left. So our event is super cool because it's a bronze ticket event for Big's Backyard. So the winner, and that was Scott in August, they get a ticket to the Silver Ticket Capital Backyard Ultra in Virginia, which Scott just won. We're going to be chatting about that. So um, Scott, he ran 150 miles at our event in August, and then he just went on to win Capital with two, over 250 miles. So now he's landed a spot on Team USA for the fall. So that's pretty exciting. I guess we'll transition right here to our a uh, little intro for Scott. Um, so Scott Snell, you're welcome to come on the screen here. You can join us. We've got a lot of people. Hey. This is fun. We got a couple dozen people. So welcome, Scott. All right, I'm here. Thank you. Awesome. We're so excited to be sitting down with you. And um, I think you told us we got the first the first interview with you, perhaps. First, I've got a couple other ones lined up. So, so uh, yeah, but this is the first one. So, awesome. Well, that's great. All right. So, if you're watching on Facebook Live, bring the chatter into the group. I've got it uh, pulled up behind my screen so I can see what's going on. Drop your comments, drop your questions for Scott as they pop up during the night. I'll see if I can weave them in and ask Scott um, your questions. So, Scott, this is so exciting. Oh my goodness. Um, I think unless you were living under a rock in the trail and ultra world, you were tracking uh, the capital. It was so exciting. I, I, I talked to so many people who were saying they were like glued to their phone watching what was going on at Capitol. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually the one, I'm usually on the other side, like following it from home and seeing what's going on with other people running. So it's uh, it pretty exciting to be on the other end of it too. <laughs> yeah be the one be the one actually running it it was a yeah whole different experience <laughs> totally totally i have um so many questions but i'm going to pace myself and i think we should start get a little bit of background on you as a runner so if you wouldn't mind like can you tell us your trail and ultra story uh and you can make it as long or as short as you want and then we can jump jump right into the whole backyard scene and how you got involved in that and it you know how it became your kind of life mission for this right, <laughs> right. um yeah yeah so I, I mean i i didn't start running till later like my mid-20s um i just i played soccer growing up as a kid and then high school and college was really not athletic at all and didn't play any sports so uh it was like my mid-20s um that's when i met my wife um and she was a runner and so I think I was more or less just trying to impress her by picking up running and running with her. So that that's really how I started running. And I, I mean, over time, I just kind of developed a passion for running myself, but I wasn't really into distance running. 
but I was I, I enjoyed it and then I was like got kind of bored with it so I was like well maybe I, I'll try and increase distance and shoot for a marathon did a marathon and then I was like I read a, uh, about Dean Carnazzi's in a running running uh, runner's world magazine I was like who is this guy and what's he why is he running these ridiculous number of miles in the middle of the night after leaving a bar I was like that sounds like a pretty cool thing to do so I was like checked out his books and then I was like oh this guy's insane and that's cool and um so then then that's how I decided I wanted to dive into the ultra world and uh then it's yeah just been been obsessed since then so um yeah so you didn't like leave a bar on your birthday and start running that's not your no I haven't done that no that's that's that, that I haven't I haven't gone down that path uh so no <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay so then you know I, I've been scrolling through your ultra sign up results I mean you have a ton of events that you've done um and I think it was 2018 was that the year that you, you was your first backyard ultra? First, uh, first backyard was 2019. So the, okay. the first time I I applied to for bigs was 2018. Okay. Because um, it was probably like a year before that that I kind of really got interested in backyards. Um, it was uh, I was listening to a Billy Yang podcast on my way up to uh, Heiner 50k, and uh, then it just turned out that. Billy Yang was there filming some of some footage for um, the Zach the Zach film that he did. Oh yeah! And so and that was the year Zach ran the the twenty five k and set the course record there. So it was like really cool. I got to I I met Zach after the race and met Billy Yang. So it was like kind of ah. like yeah, it was kind of like fanboying a bit after the after the race. <laughs> it was really cool. And uh, then and and that's that's when the whole. I backyards kind of like started intriguing me was when I listened to that podcast uh, that Billy Game put together um, where it, it, it was about I, I think they were only they, well, only they were talking about going like around 200 miles in the backyard format and at the and that's when I was like wow this is like something they're yeah. they're really pushing the limits here and but we've we've all seen that 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 definitely the limits can get quite pushed quite a bit farther than that yeah. so so that's what really, when I started getting intrigued with backyards and that was the first time I applied for bigs, but I only had a few hundred mile finishes to like put as my like criteria that you have to put in your criteria when you apply for, at least that's how they did it back then. Right. And um, so it was, it was a pretty meager backyard resume to try and get into bigs. But uh, so I figured the only way to build a better resume is go run backyards. So, so that's what I started doing. Yeah. So as of um, June 6th, how many backyard ultras have you participated in? Uh, so I, I, it's five, five now. Um, it was uh, the first one was run, run, run ragged. And that's up in um, uh, in Connecticut. Yeah. And that's that one's a little little different. It's kind of interesting because it's not the 4.167 mile loop. It's only like about a 5K, but it's it's it makes up for it in elevation change and, and terrain right. is pretty tough. Uh, so that was the first one that I did. I did a small, like it was like literally a backyard one in a, a buddy's backyard. Um, uh, you, you probably, if you don't know him, I'm sure you've heard their name, the, the Kosicks, uh, Eric and Becky Kosick. Yeah. So he, he puts on, he's got the, 
the idiot runner group that he that he does and he was put on these winter and summer uh races and i went out to his place for his summer version of the last idiot standing mm. and um I, I ended up winning that one um that's that year um since then he hasn't done i don't think he's done last person standing but it was really a cool course it was a challenging course elevation change and it was all a, a lot of it was on the mid-state trail in pa so really technical some technical terrain and so pretty challenging but um that was the second one and then Key, keystone in pennsylvania was a third that was just last that was uh may of of uh 2021 and then backyard squatch was um last august or it was august last year and then now capital was just previous weekend memorial day weekend and you've won how many of the five 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 of them so five. every every time it's like the same goal is like i'm going into it i'm like well i want to be i don't want a dnf <laughs> you know it's always the same goal with it is avoid dnf and I, I I was confident like the first four. I, I, well, Eric's the last idiot. I was I was just going for a training one. I was planning on quitting that one at 50 miles. But mm -hmm. by the time we got to 50 miles, it was me and only two other people. And one of the guys stopped at 50. So then it was just me and one other person. So I was like, you know, what the hell? You know, I got I I, it, I mean, I was just like, you know, this is gonna be too easy for the other guy to win a backyard at 50 by only having to do 54 miles. So I was like, I gotta keep going just to like yeah. at, at least at least a few more laps just to see if he bows out you know within a, a couple more hours and it ended up only being two more hours until he he didn't make it back so i i think i ended up only doing like about 60 miles in that one and um so it, it, i would have quit at 50 if it wasn't down to just me and one other person at the time and and the fact that the the prize was just like really really cool uh, wooden sword so yes <laughs> i had to i had to keep going to go after the sword listen it's all about the swag right <laughs> it, yeah it is uh, yeah yep sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um okay so can we talk about let's talk about a little bit about your journey right from and obviously i'm biased i want to talk about the backyard squash just a little bit right yeah Oh yeah, um, definitely. That was a really fun race. I had yes. A, I well, for the yeah. most part, I had a really good time there. For the most part. For the most part, was there a couple? I, I had one one low point. My only low point during that race was during the second day, like kind of like mid afternoon. I'd say I was like I had I didn't sleep at all the night before. I was getting kind of drowsy, and by that time it was down to just me and Justin. Um, Jimmy had quit after like 104 or 108 miles. I don't remember. It was yep. somewhere in there. So then it was just me and Justin. And once it was me and Justin, it was just like, we, were, we weren't we were running together. We we're both like running different paces. So it was mm -hmm. by by myself for, for hours. And then it was like, there's no chatter to, to distract me. So it was just like, I don't know. I, I started kind of like, uh, kind of losing hope a little bit that, that Justin was gonna ever quit because he still looked <laughs> so strong like the whole time. In like perfect form and just looking like determined, strong, not saying a word, just like great poker face. Like yeah. So I, I was just like, man, this is this is a hopeless situation. This is never gonna end until I until I just quit. And then, well, I mean, that that first night loop when he went out 
super hard and hammered it the second night for the first night loop i was like oh crap he's he's hammering it he's gonna go back get it like a 20 minute nap and he's gonna be fresh for the rest of the for another yeah. two days or something and i was like oh crap this is gonna <laughs> this is not gonna end well <laughs> but uh when i came back and you, you told me that he that that was his last lap i was like i was shocked i was shocked mm -hmm. about that one everybody i think everybody was i mean i was i was reaching out. I was putting stuff on social media. It's like, SOS, we need more volunteers. Like this is going, you know, three days. So it was definitely, mm -hmm. uh, it was surprising. It was so, um, it, he was so casual about it. He's like, yeah, I'm done. I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that was the shocking part wasn't it, that he was planning to go to work after. <laughs> I know. For like yeah. 48 hours straight and <laughs> yeah, I, I was really shocked by that one, but um, I, I, I guess that that's part of that's almost like part of com, at least for competitive backyards now. Like it's like you, you pretty much need to plan on uh, not having to be anywhere for two or three days after it's for at least <laughs> two or three days after it starts. I mean, it's like you got you got to plan that out ahead now. It's because if it's if it's a competitive one, it's probably going to go for two or three days at least exactly Least. <laughs> hey i know yeah he, he had to go to work and he said i gotta drive home to connecticut tonight we're yeah all, we're all like what i, I felt bad for him because like that, that had to be a time <laughs> so in, in the dark after having not slept the night before i i was like man yeah. that's rough because uh, i i was when, after i finished my lap and we got all packed up and stuff uh i mean amanda drove we packed the kids, the kids were asleep in the car and Amanda was driving us down the parkway home. And I was like dozing off in, in the seat there. I was, there's no way I was going to be driving totally. that point. Totally, so totally. I, my, my vision was blurry. I was trying to <laughs> like read this as bad. I was like, yeah, that if she wasn't here driving, I would have been passed out on the ground at, totally. at the finish. <laughs> Well, I'm so I'm so glad you brought up your family because I anytime I talk about the backyard squatch, that's always a highlight for me is watching your family there. I mean, they were there pretty much the entire time. I mean, I think they left for maybe a couple hours, but they were there yeah. the whole time, right? Yeah, we we got really lucky because uh, we managed to to get one of the cabins there at Stokes, and apparently it must have just someone must have canceled their weekend or yeah. something because they were all booked for so long and then just on a whim I checked and it was open for the two nights that we wanted it yeah. so I, I booked it and we got we got the cabin so they were so that we stayed in the cabin the night before the race and then they had it for the night after when I was the first night I was running but um yeah otherwise they were they were there at the beginning for the first few laps then they took off for a few hours during the day to go to High Point State Park and mm -hmm. just um you know kind of check out trails and check out the monument up there and yeah. they came they came back for a few hours in the evening and helped me out a bit there and then they went to, back to the cabin for the overnight and but then the, the second day they showed up after they had everything packed up in the cabin they they were there the second day all day they were yeah they were and they they were such great crew i i love just watching your boys were so excited every time you came back they'd run over yeah. 
want to give you like pizza or you know yeah every every time it was you got this dad my, my oldest steven he was like every lap i came back and every time i went out is got it dad you got this dad so it's like you know there's, there's nothing more motivating than that so you gotta i mean you, you can't you're, you're not gonna get that kind of motivation from from a crew other than your, totally. your son so totally it was, it was it was great having them there I, I, yeah. I love I love having them there and I know it's like a totally a, a huge um inconvenience and challenge for my wife to pull it off so I'm very much in in her debt for making that happen when she's able to absolutely yeah um I have to share if, if it's all right two stories about your little guy Jacob mm -hmm. um, I told you yeah, go for it I told you one uh, before this started, which is like one of my favorite stories of race directing. So, uh, well, how old is Jacob at the time? At the time, he would have been, um, uh, he, he would have probably been about like a year and a half. He just turned, just turned okay. two. Um, we just had his two-year-old birthday party this past weekend. So okay. it was a busy weekend. I'm a little worn out from that. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was more, it was more exhausting than the previous weekend running for three days. <laughs> part prepping for the party and but yeah so he, he, he would have been about a year and a half back last, yeah. okay. last august so, yeah one of my first impressions of this little year and a half year old jacob he was at the race and he walked right over to me and looked at the uh the sasquad bullhorn and just grabbed it and then walked away <laughs> and uh, your wife amanda was like you can't take that you gotta put that back they need it for the race <laughs> But that was such a great moment. And then the other story, which I still feel horrible about, was after when you won. I don't know if you remember. This. Oh yeah, the costume, yeah. right? Costume. We have we have a um, you know volunteers dress up. We have the Sasquatch suit, and uh, you know we're like, get the suit on. Scott's he won the race. We got to get to the finish line. And your little guy, when he saw Sasquatch, he started. He was really upset. He was very scared. Yeah, he he can't. He's super scared. He's always been like really scared of any kind of costumes or masks. He just like freaks out, and so, yeah, so we we didn't take him out for Halloween. It was like, <laughs> it was like yeah. there's no way he's <laughs> he's gonna survive Halloween because. But yeah, he he yeah he just like freaks out at costumes. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, to be fair, the Sasquatch mask is pretty freaky that we have. I, I got to get a new mask because it's all here's, scary. Here's a picture of him. I don't know if this yeah, will show up. Is. <laughs> we just we just opened the pool, so he had his his swimming attire on. Oh, that little guy. That's so great. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we could probably talk about your kids the whole night, but uh, Capital, <laughs> Capital. Let's chat Capital Backyard. So. Obviously, your game plan going into it was to win. That's your mission on on each of these these backyards. But um, what does it look like when you're prepping for a backyard race? Like, are you are you going through the roster? You know, if, if it's if it's published online, are you looking? Yeah, through, like, yeah, yeah. I'm all I'm always doing a little little like snooping and checking out the roster, like leading up to it, like because I I mean like in so far like uh what. 
Well, I, I didn't with with run with run ragged. I really didn't, or or um, the last idiot, because because those two, I, I I wasn't really sure what I was getting myself into at that point. Like I, my first backyard, I was just kind of like, I'm I don't know. I'm gonna go give this thing a go and see what happens. And maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be terrible. Maybe I'll hate it and never do another one. Right. But then um, <clears throat> for when it, when I got to when leading up to Keystone, I was looking at at the list of entrants on on ultra sign up and right. and one one guy really stood out there's there was only one guy that i saw on his ultra sign up had done multiple 200 milers so mm -hmm. i was like well this is probably the guy that is gonna be somewhere in the mix at the at the end and it turned out it it, it was um his name is tom 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 Plummerfeld, and uh he, he's done some some tough 200 milers and so it, it did it came down to me and him after um it was just after 100 miles because uh at, at that one four four of us that was the largest like as far as number of entrance backyards I've, I've done it had i think 80 or so start starting runners and so it came down to only four of us uh went to the 100 mile mark and then the two other two guys dropped after finishing the 100 miles and then it was just me and tom after that and we went on uh, i think he went to 125 and then he's he stopped when he went out for the next lap and then i finished with like around 129. okay but so and then the next one was um backyard squatch and i, I saw justin's name on there and i was like oh he this looks like he's probably the guy that's going to be somewhere in the mix of the finish and it turned out came down to me and him at the for the last two for, for quite a quite a while after it was just the two of us so so I felt like I was pretty good at picking out who was going to be in the in that final mix after th those two races I picked the 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 two guys that did the assists so when I was looking at um capital one guy I mean there were a lot of there were a lot of potential runners there that could have been somewhere in the mix there I mean there was it was like the deepest field backyard field I'd seen so I mean other outside of bigs right. so I was like well I, I don't know who it could be like there's 10-15 people who all could potentially be the last person standing at this one and uh but one guy that really stood out was was John Knoll because mm -hmm. I I I had seen him do the the virtual backyard and you know i think he did around 250 260 there and then last last year bigs he did 250 or 260s so i was like yeah he's probably going to be in it for going on three days here so i was like it's probably going to be him and then it, i think it was like a few days before uh his name disappeared off the entrance list and apparently he got in he was injured so like maybe just a couple of weeks before or something i was talking to a few people and they were like yeah following Estrava and Estrava just went went blank a few weeks ago and so I think I think it was some kind of injury so so then after that I was like well I don't I don't know I don't know what who yeah. who's who who's gonna be the one going here long and so it's just kind of like the most uncertain I've been about like what where the big competition is and it okay. turned out it was it was like a lot of a lot of runners there were big competition so right 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 um so with with um with the capital backyard ultra 
did you have any, like, did you think it was going to go as long as it did? Like, what were you thinking in terms of, you know, how many yards you, you guys were going to do? Were you surprised at how much, I know that was a big distance PR for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, so like, like before that, my, my distance PR was 150 at backyard. And I, and the thing like backyard, I was like super pumped going into that second night. Cause I'd never run through a second night. So I was like really excited. So I'm like, as, as happy as I was that Justin called it and I got to like go home for the night and with the, with the, with the, uh, the award, I was yeah. like a little disappointed in a way. Cause I, I didn't get to like see what that second night was like to run through. Mm. So, so that that had me really excited for capital because i was sure this one was going to go through a second night i knew i mean i i was confident it was going to go over 200 milers i wasn't sure how much beyond that but i i was pretty certain it'd go over 200. so i i was when i was checking the weather forecast leading up to it i was looking at i was looking at saturday through monday to have an idea of what what to plan on <laughs> That's incredible. Well, speaking of like planning and stuff, I know that you went down there solo, right? And then ended up picking up uh, some new friends. Yeah. Along. Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, my, you know, Amanda was planning on coming down with me and bringing the kids, but this, the setup there, I, I think it just wasn't as as ideal to, for them to hang out at the start finish as, as backyard squatch was because backyard, I mean, it was close backyard squatch was close to close enough to high point that right. they could leave and they could go to the back to the cabin and there were, there was entertainment for the kids. Yeah. Where this one is, I mean, it was a, it was, it was just a big open grassy field and full sun. And, you know, my, the, the little, the little two-year-old, he's, he's a, a redhead and he's he would have been just like cooking out there in the sun all day so <laughs> so we're so i think it was about maybe a month before we were talking we were just like you know it's gonna be too difficult to bring the kids there and they're gonna either they're gonna be bored or they're gonna be acting up and then i'm gonna be distracted by them and or, or i'll be out running and I'll, i won't be thinking about running because i'm gonna be worried about them and whether you're gonna whether you're freaking out with them and try, right. so it was like <clears throat> we just figured it's going to be it'd be better if I just went by myself and and uh just had didn't have to worry about them between between laps so so yeah I, I, I just um packed up and, and just, I mean I've done most most of the backyards I've done I've done them uncrewed so it, it wasn't like it like the first the first 24 hours I feel like is pretty really manageable doing uncrewed it's okay. not until that second day it feels like having someone there helping you just to like get up and refill things go grab this and grab that just like it's the second day it seems like you can really like start to those those extra little ups and downs out of the chair to grab something you forgot feel like they start adding up a lot more the second day mm -hmm. so so I, I i feel fine the first 24 hours going uncrewed then the second day gets a little little feels a little riskier feels like it'd be way more beneficial to have at least someone there just to run little errands and by the third day it was like i i there there are a couple instances where i was just like it, it was like uh i mean having having a couple couple race volunteers really helped out that that by that time there were less runners so the, the race volunteers that were were there were kind of like focusing on helping 
out runners more individually. So I, I didn't get, get their names. Um, it was a couple of race volunteers that, that kind of stepped up and helped me out a lot more. And, and then um, it was another runner that had done, um, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how many she did. She did over hundred miles. I think it was around 120 or so, uh, um, Dagmar. Paul and she she came back after she finished her race she went she doesn't she didn't live far away so she went home got cleaned up got a nap then she came back to help out and she she started helping me out a lot bringing me watermelon and coke and saving me trips from getting up and grabbing things so it, it was it was a huge help that she she really helped me out a lot that third day yeah totally because I mean in a race like that time is so precious right like you right. can't waste seconds yeah the the time management is like huge aspect of the race it's like do you have time to change your shoes socks like it's oh that that's something crazy that happened was was uh it was during a sock change um they had uh they had transponders on on your ankle for the race for the timing and uh it was it was somewhere in the middle of the second night i think i was doing a sock change and uh, so I took the, the ankle wrap off and changed my socks. And then I went to put the ankle, the, the, the transponder back on my ankle. And I realized that it was just the Velcro strap and the transponder was gone. I was like, oh, crap. Like, no. and, and this is as, the, as like the two minute whistle was blowing that I realized this. Oh, I was like, oh, and so I'm like, I'm looking under my cot. I'm like looking around the cooler and stuff. And I got my head lit, but I'm not seeing it anywhere. I'm freaking out. And so I'm like, okay, I got to go up and talk to Sarah, the, the race director. So right. I go up with my thing. I got all my stuff and I go up with my thing. And she, <laughs> it's funny, at the time I went up to like tell her like, look, I got a little bit of an emergency here. Um, <laughs> she was actually taping the transponder on, on someone else's uh, ankle, ankle Velcro wrap. She was like re-securing it. I guess it had become a little bit loose. Okay. So she was in the middle to do that. I was like, yeah, I got... I think I got like a, the same problem, but I don't know where my transponder is. It's, I just did a sock change and it's, it's gone. Um, so, but it turns out that there's a backup, the, the, um, the bibs all had chips in them also. Okay. So the transponder, the ankle transponder was just like a, a backup to the bib. Okay. So she's like, you're good. Don't worry about it. Just, just go. You're fine. So thankfully um, it, it didn't, didn't, uh, cool. didn't cost me to get DQ'd by losing that. And it turned up that lap too. Someone else found okay. it. Like it was during a road crossing. Someone else found my my transponder, so I was able to bring it back in. And then I just turned it in, and she, she didn't even worry about putting it back on because okay. the the uh, bib chip was was timing. So she just okay. said, "Just just keep the bib on. You're okay." Yeah. Well. So it was it was a uh, it was the most hectic <laughs> hectic moment of the race for me that that <laughs> two minutes. Oh, that's, that's high stress right there. High, yeah. high stress, high stakes right there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm peeking into our, our chat here. We've got a question from uh, Bailey Lewis, which is, is a great one. It was on my list. She wants to know, were you able to take any naps during Capitol? How did that work out? Yeah. So that's, and that's something I was a little nervous about because I wasn't, sure, I'd never done that. So I wasn't sure how it was going to work. Cause, cause like, backyard was the longest I'd, or the squatch was the longest I'd gone before and I didn't sleep at all the first night I think I lay down a couple of times on my on my uh, sleeping bag just to like kind of stretch out and close my eyes but I never never slept 
So I, I wasn't sure how it was going to work, but I, I figured like this time, like I, I got to try and work on figuring out sneaking a nap in sometime during the second night because I fully expected it to go all day. And I was like, I know how I, I felt pretty bad, you know, the first day after not sleeping. So I was like, I got to sneak a nap in here somewhere. Right. So I one, so I came in one lap and I, I thought I had more time than I did. So, and that, this was like the biggest worry for me, not having a crew was, was like, um, what if I fall asleep and I don't wake up in time? Right. You know, what if I sleep through the whistles and, and then the bells going off and I'm not in the corral. So, so I, I closed my eyes a few times and I kind of like felt like I kind of like dozed off, but it was like that weird, like feeling where you start falling asleep and then you like yeah. wake up really suddenly. So I, I did that a few times during the night. And then I was like, I, I just need to like, actually like close my eyes and really sleep. So I, I came in and I thought I had more time than I did. So I asked one of the volunteers, like if they could keep an eye on me when the whistles start blowing and make right. sure I, I get up out of my cot. So, so I had a volunteer looking out for me and um, I went over to lay down and then I, I think as soon as I laid down the three minute whistle blew and I was like, oh crap, this is not gonna work this time. <laughs> So, so I uh, went out that, so that, and so then the next lap, I was like, well, this lap, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hammer it and I'm gonna make some time so I can actually have time to lay down. And this was the, it was the 4 a.m. lap of, of um, sun, uh, or no, it would've been Monday morning, 4 a.m. Monday morning lap. And um, I went, I, I think I did that lap in about 40 minutes or so. So I, I think I had close to, I, I came in with at least 15 to 20 minutes to spare that one. And um, so I, I, again, first thing, I just like got a, got a volunteer lined up to watch me and make sure I wake up when the whistle blows. And then I got all my stuff ready, my water bottle, everything I was ready to go. So when I woke up, I would just basically stand up and go to the crail and be good to go. And um, so I just like laid down in my cot and put my towel over my eyes and I, I must have been out quick because before I knew it, the I heard the whistle blow and I, I woke up when the when the three minute whistle blew and and no no problem and and I felt great when I woke up. I was like the most refreshing ten minute nap I'd ever had. So I I was like and and then it was like you know it was like that was the five a.m. Uh, lap was next. So the sun started coming up that that lap. So I'd, I'd got, I, I snuck a nap in and then I was waking up and I opened a can of coffee right when I woke up. So I, I had some, I had a nap, woke up, coffee and sun came up and I was like, all right, third, third day, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I feel good. So just, just keep going. So right, so it, it's, are you, are you really telling us the truth though, that you felt better when you nap? Cause I hear stories, people like, oh, I slept for seven minutes and I've, feel amazing is that really true i i did i i felt good i mean i it was i i probably got a good 10 minute nap and i i actually i felt somewhat refreshed i, I it felt like it just took that because like i was i was getting to the point where like the second night i like sections that i was walking i was like kind of like having these daydreams while i was walking mm -hmm. and um my walking was really swervy uh, i couldn't walk straight when I, when I was running, I, I was, I was fine. And I, I wasn't like, I, I felt fine running, but um, as soon as I started walking, my, my, my 
walking was all was all swervy. I couldn't walk a straight line. And I felt like I was just like dozing off as I was walking. But if I kept running, I was I felt no problem. But so I, I and after I got that 10 minute nap, I felt like it, it improved. Okay. I got sorry, you glitched out for a second, but you said you felt like you improved after the 10 minute nap. Yeah, yeah. My my walking was less less swervy. <laughs> but I was less less dreaming while awake after that nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let me hit you with another question from the chat. This is from the one and only uh Royce Brenner wants to know. <laughs> can you ask Royce? Yeah, he's a legend as well. Can you <laughs> ask Scott why he went with a sleeping pad and no chair? No, I did have a chair. Uh, one, one, uh, one of Laz's updates said that I, I didn't have a chair, that I just had a pad. I, I did have a chair. I, I think Laz, Laz was there when I, when I asked the volunteer to wake me up. And so he, he, from where they were at the aid station tent, I, all they could see was, was the cot that I had. You couldn't see the chair. So I, I think at that time, Laz thought that I, I just had that, that pad there. Okay. I, I, I had a chair. I, I almost didn't have a chair because, um, I, it was during the drive down, I realized I forgot to pack my chair. So oh, no. I, uh, I made a quick stop at, uh, at uh, Dollar General and grabbed a, grabbed a camping chair on the way down. Uh, it, was a, it was a good stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you cleared that up. You did have a chair and sleeping bed. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, can you, we're, we're getting down towards the end of that, you know, 10 minutes or so left. Can you walk us through the end of the race? I think a lot of people uh, want to know that. And then another question just popped up about, let's do this question first, then we, we can talk about the end of the race. Uh, this is from Christine wants to know, I'm curious about your fueling. Did you follow any specific plan? Yeah, yeah, well, somewhat, yeah, kind of. I did have a plan. My, my plan is, um, well, I always like just drink whatever, whatever hydration mix the race offers. So in this case, it was long haul, which um, it was, it's a, a, a new hydration fuel that I, I think it's, uh, it's Chris Roberts, who, who st he started, it's a startup company. And he, he, he was, I mean, he went with Harvey to the, what, the 350 miles at Biggs last year. Right, right. But, but anyway, so he, he, um, he supported the race capital this year by, by, providing the, the fuel, the hydration. So I'd never tried it before. So yeah, I know you're not supposed to try new things on race day, but I, I tend to do that. Cause I mean, how are you gonna really test things unless you really test them live in a live situation, right? Yeah. So, so I went for it. It, it, it was good stuff. It was really good stuff. It, it, it sat really well with my stomach. The flavor wasn't overpowering and I never got sick of the flavor. So um kudos to him for making a good product it works um so that was that was my 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 liquid fuel was was the the hydration mix and then also i did um i do gels so i do I, uh, every, every lap i take a gel out with me and i eat the gel about halfway around the lap so i, I got i don't know if, if this would be a question for like someone who knows something about nutrition not me but I, I just kind of like figure if if I'm like constantly taking in a steady flow of calories then I'm 
I'm not going to bonk. So, so it, it, hey, I, I guess it obviously worked, right? Scott? Yeah. I mean, it, it works for me. So I, I've, that's what I've done in the past. So I'm just keep doing it. And I, I think more, if, if nothing else, it's like the mental part of it helps me. Cause like, I, I'm like, I know I'm constantly taking in calories by, by doing this and they're spread out over time. It's not like, I'm just like dumping a bunch of food in, in breaks and then nothing for an hour and then dumping food in it seems like more it's just like a i like an iv drip of right, constant right. calories going in so so that that was the plan part was just the drink and uh and a gel at like half the halfway point of every lap and then between that it was just like all the food that i brought is like what what looks good at the time what the race offers what what looks or sounds good which varies i mean i brought all kinds of stuff to pick from like the chocolate covered espresso beans. I really like those at night to keep nice. going a little caffeine and sugar. Um, dill, dill flavored potato chips are really good. The salt and vinegar Pringles I brought, those are really hitting the spot. Um, okay. But the food there, the food at Capital was amazing. They, uh, they had some really good chefs making really good food. Um, they, they did deep fried bananas that were amazing. Wow. Uh, it was like, it was like fried, fried bananas they're like battered in like almost like a funnel cake batter or something yeah, and those were good stuff yeah yeah so i i guess i guess one of the the chefs that was there he's a former chef for the white house so it was pretty it was, it was really good stuff uh and uh so i figure if it's good enough for a president it's good enough for uh backyard runners <laughs> totally <laughs> That's awesome. That, that's great. I was curious about that as well with your, uh, your nutrition. Cause that's a long time. It's a long time, right? Yeah. 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 So it's like, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky cause my, my stomach usually doesn't go on me I'm, and I can usually eat almost, I'm usually, I'm not very picky when it comes to food for the, like in, in general and in real life or at races. So I'm pretty lucky that my stomach handles pretty much anything I put in it. So, cool, cool. so it's a superpower for backyards. Yeah, <laughs> the iron stomach. That's awesome. All right, could we chat a little bit about the end of the race and what that was like as it was getting down to uh, just a couple of runners and maybe you could tell us, you know, what was the last yeah. like for you? Well, yeah, that, that's when it started getting really exciting because right. when we broke that 200 mile, um, we all came back, seven of us, and then Laz came up to me and he was, he was um, telling me that if we all go to, I think he had said, um, we were, so that was 48 laps. I think he said if we all went to 52, then we would have, we would be within range of being on the at-large list for the USA team. Mm -hmm. So it was seven of us, but so I think he said it would be the top four finishers. So it's like, still, you gotta, well, you gotta make it there and you get, then you gotta make it longer than at least three other people. So, mm -hmm. so one, one guy dropped right after the 200. So then it was six of us going back out. And then it seemed like we were all, all six, six of us were in it for the long haul, just to like going for the win. So it didn't seem like anyone was really going to drop off until, I mean, eventually it just like, kind of like, a trickle like one at a time and it got down to um me jay jason who i, I think he's from maine he had he'd run uh, uh the last man standing ultra up there in maine a few times i think he won that one a few times okay and uh then there's kevin 
Kevin from North Carolina, and um, and then of course uh, Jennifer Russo. So it's the four of us, and uh, and you know we were. Kevin was really quiet the, the third day. He was. He seemed like he's really like super focused on just like hammering and. He, he, he really wanted to win. I, I could pick up. He was. He seemed like he's getting really, really competitive, and it was just like he, he was like running really strong and looking really strong. So I was like, "There's, he, I don't think he's he's not going to drop until he times out. He's in it. He's in it for for the, to be in it in the end." And I kind of got the same mm -hmm. idea from Jason, but he was like, um, he he seemed less uh, he less really. Uh, I mean, not not less competitive, but just not less. He he didn't show it as much, I guess. And 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 Jennifer, I I, I didn't really run with her much because our our paces were off quite a bit. So we really, especially the third day, I think our paces never never really lined up very close. Mm -hmm. So so it wasn't didn't really. But it, it seemed like she kept on coming in later and later because there's a. I mean, the the trail loop. It was mostly like um, it it was it was a it was all really runnable trail loop. But there was one out and back part, and it seemed like every time I came back from the out and back, she was going out while I was coming back, and it seemed like she was she was always like a few minutes behind where I was when I would start feeling like I, I'm a little uncomfortable. This is cutting it a little bit too close for 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 my liking. So. So I was like, I wasn't sure if she was just intentionally keeping it close like that, just to, you know, keep her pace down and, or, or if she was actually like struggling because she wasn't showing it if she was. Mm -hmm. So, so when it was the four of us and then it was, um, it was the 50, 58th loop, we all went out again and uh jason just came to a dead stop after like maybe a quarter mile from the start and it was like really sudden so i was like oh what what's going on are you you okay yeah. something happened there he's like no i'm fine i'm fine go I'm fine go ahead so i was like okay i just kept going and then it was on that out and back um kevin had dropped off a bit and after he'd been coming in with 10 12 minutes every lap and being the first one to finish for so long that was surprising that he he dropped off a bit and i saw him on the out and back and he he asked me for if i had any electrolytes and i was like all i got is is my bottle and this gel which i'm going to eat right now so i'm yes. sorry I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give away my gel right now and i'm, I'm so i was like it's like sorry i can't help you out and it turned out he was like i think cramping real bad and fell out like fell off on the electrolytes and then uh so and then i saw jennifer coming on that out and back and i was like i asked her if, if jason had turned around because i hadn't usually he was kind of running a similar pace with me and um she she told me that he did turn back so i was like oh well so he's done mm. and kevin looks like crap right now he, he just yeah. like looks like he fell apart this lap and, and she's like even farther back, like three minutes, three or four minutes behind where I want to be when I started getting nervous. So I was like, you know, this 58th lap, this could be my last lap if Jason went back, if Kevin doesn't make it back and she times out. So that that's when I first started thinking like this thing could almost be over. And I was like, started to think about it. I might be back at the hotel before it's dark and order pizza.
So, <laughs> so I got back that one and Jason was already back because he turned around. And then um, uh, Jennifer came in with just a few minutes to spare. It was close and, and uh, Kevin timed out. So then it was down to the two of us. And then we had laps 59 and 60 were, um, yeah, those were still trail, trail laps. And it was the 60th one. Both, and both of them, Jennifer, she came in with just a few minutes to spare. It was getting really close. And I was like, so I, I kind of felt like it was getting close to being over regardless. Yeah. And then when, when we went out on our 60th one, I think that's the one that she didn't have her water bottle. Because mm-hmm. um, she only had like a minute and a half in the inner loop time before. And so she was in her chair. She had a crew taking care of her there and getting her prepped and quick turnaround. And she got up and we were both in the starting corral. And then they were going to hand her the uh, the water bottle and she turned to grab it. And then the bell rang, the bell rang. So it was like, she had to just like pull her hand back and the water bottle was just there. <laughs> and so we started walking out when she didn't have her water bottle. I was like, oh, this is like, cause I, it was so warm. I, yeah. I'd been, and I'd been finishing almost an entire water bottle like of, of like 20, over 20 ounces every lap. And I was like, wow. you know, this is like, at that time that I thought like, she's, she's not going to finish this lap. She's going to time out. I was like, this is over. Mm. And, and then I, but I mean, my bigger concern was like, she's going to die out there without water. I was <laughs> like, this is going to be like, this is like, it's, this is bad. This is really yeah. bad. Yeah. But she, man, she's, she's a warrior. She, she, she went out. She's like, no, nah, I was like, because we were talking a little bit. I was like, you're gonna be all, all right. I mean, this is like, I, like I'm, I'm worried for you right now. Like seriously, yeah. worried for your health. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, I'm not. She's like, super confidently, like no hesitation. She's like, I'm not timing out this lap. I was like, wow. I was like, all right, all right, let's, yeah. let's go get some, then get it done, and let's go get some night loops after this. And so I, I took off. I finished my lap and. I came in with like, you know, probably about seven minutes. I was coming in with about seven minutes at that point for the day loops. And she, and I was like sitting there and, you know, it's down to four or three minutes left before, and she wasn't in yet. And I was like, I knew it was going to be close, but I, I had no doubt she was going to make it back in time. And I, I think she came in with maybe a minute or so before we, the next loop to go out. And that was the next, the first night loop. And then the, I think the, I, I think doing that whole lap without water that that had to like take a toll on her and the I think and and I was a little nervous about switching to the night loop anyway just because like the change of the change of the trail to the to the pavement it's like feels different so it's a little bit of an adjustment and it feels like you got to push in a different way like and it's a lot it was a lot flatter so like on the trails where you can just kind of like let the descents like carry you down and just like let your quads blow up if, if you need to do that like you don't have that option you're like actually got to push it on the on the night on the pavement to actually like get get some momentum so I I, I, would, I didn't want to risk not making the cut off that first uh paved paved loop and um I, I saw her on the first out and back she was only a few minutes behind me so I was like yeah she's this is going to go on into the third night. I I was, I was pretty sure of it at that point, but it's like, it's two, the way it was set up was like the, the night loop was a T. So you went, you went from the start finish, then you went out 
then you went right for an out and back and then you went past where you came out and you go the other opposite direction for another out and back which was the second one was the longer of the two okay so when i when i went to the second turnaround for the second out and back i was like okay i don't see her in sight looks like she might have fallen off a bit and then i i didn't see her till about a quarter of a mile back from the turnaround and i'm looking at my watch and like if if she's gonna make it she's gonna have to move quick and we we actually stopped and we talked a little bit when she saw me because she was like she's she was like oh i wasn't sure this wasn't looking familiar here so i I think it was just like everything kind of like caught up to her at that time and the sleep deprivation that she's probably dehydrated from that lap without water and the heat so I, I think she was feeling it pretty bad at that point. So she was like, okay, well, I got to keep moving because she, she, she was a half mile behind me at that point. So she, she had to do the quarter mile out and back there. And um, so I, I didn't, I, I ran it in and I had probably like, like six minutes or so to spare when I got in. And they were all, by that time, I think they had seen, um, she had hit the turnaround and it picked up her chip picked up the time the timer was reported okay. and um they all said that she probably wasn't going to make it back but you know I, I just i sat down in my chair and i i prepared as if she was going to make it back because right. i mean i wasn't i wasn't going to be shocked if she if she did make it back like it, it was possible if she hammered that last like that last mile or so but right. I, I think i think it was just like everything added up and it was just too much at that point so, mm-hmm. so that was that was how it ended yeah what what was that like when you know you realized that you won was it i mean what, what were you feeling when that happened <laughs> relieved <laughs> shocked <laughs> i mean it was it was the deepest field i'd ever i'd ever competed in so and then to have like uh laz there at the time to congratulate you it's like you know it's kind of i mean it's like meeting a legend so it's like yeah, that, that it's like it's wild he's holding up your arm that's yeah a great picture. yeah because because i just sat in the chair for a while we, we were talking and then it was like after it was all done then i was like i didn't get a picture with them so one of the race volunteers was like, ah, can i help you help help you with anything you know pack up or whatever i was like well you know i, I what i really want to do is go get a picture with last because i'm i'm delirious and uh, i was like yeah but i gotta get a picture with this guy like like i i it, 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 I'm, I'm obsessed with his race and uh, like so <laughs> I, I gotta at least get a picture so I did that and then it was later uh Sarah the race director she was like oh I've got this other thing we almost forgot it because I was getting packed up and ready to go and was getting ready to leave and then um the other runner that came back uh, uh Dagmar she she was asking as I was packing up she's like well what about your silver ticket don't you get some kind of silver ticket or something and then yeah. Sarah was like, oh yeah, I almost forgot. And she went and got the the, the bigs coin, the coin that's got the big that the dog on it. And that's that's the silver ticket. So she went and got that. And that's when we got the photos with Laz, Sarah, and I. And we were just like just getting the photos that like out of nowhere, like uh like Laz just grabbed my arm and like <laughs> yanked it up. I was like, whoa. And I was like, I was a little shocked to He's like, I was like, man, yeah, this is wild. Like arm raised in victory here with oh, my so- last it was like yeah it's kind of it's all just like a yeah. storybook ending it was like just surreal yeah you got to frame that picture it's that's a good one <laughs> yeah it was it was it couldn't have turned out any any better 
Awesome. Uh, well, let me ask you this, this one more from the uh, chat and then we'll start to wrap up. Uh, Steve Josper wants to know, how far do you think you could have gone if necessary? Or is that an impossible question to answer? Yeah, it's an impossible question to answer. I don't know yet. Um, I, I know I could have gone through the, the third night. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could have gone through the third night. Um, so I think that would have put us like another 10, 10 laps. That would have put us close to the 300 mark. And then going back to the trail after after a third night, I, I don't know what would have happened, but I, I think I'm probably going to find out at Biggs. I know. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'd, I'd like to uh, have you chat about here for a minute is like for people maybe unfamiliar with this whole thing. I mean, it's like, this is a real deal. There's a lot of moving pieces in this and also, you know, it rotates formats each year. Can you explain to people like, what does it mean now that you won capital in terms of bigs? Like what, what does that mean for every, everybody in Team USA? Yeah, so, so for, for this, this year, it means I've got a guaranteed spot on the USA team. So um, it, was, it started in 2020 that, that Laz kind of readjusted how, his, how he organizes his race because it, it was supposed to be like in, in Tennessee, Big's Backyard is supposed to be the world championship where all the best finishers in the world come to compete to determine the, the number one backyard runner in the world. And obviously they couldn't do that in 2020 with COVID international travel restrictions. Um, so they couldn't have all the best in the world show up. So this and this is what I thought was really like genius on Laz's part. Like he, he took like the, the fact that they couldn't, couldn't do what they had planned and he turned it into something that I, I think turned out to be even cooler than what they usually do so he, he set it up as like a team satellite event so all the top runners from each country they set up their own course they put together their top their top 15 backyard runners and then they all their all the teams run in their home country competing against the teams in the other countries and it's like um I think I could be, I don't know the details of the scoring system, but it's some kind of points-based system. And I think it's basically like every runner on your team that runs a yard is a point for your team. So obviously like the more runners you have, completing more yards, more points you're going to get. And if, if you all keep going, then your team's going to do well. But um, so, so 2020 was the first year he did that satellite, the satellite teams. And then that became a golden ticket race for the Bigs World Championship, which they did in last year, 2021. And so now the way it's set up is it's gonna be just, that's gonna be the cycle is um, e even years are going to be the satellite championship and odd years will be the world championship in Tennessee. So, so all the other backyards are kind of like feeder races to those, those will all leading up to the world championship on, on the odd years. But then there's all the other backyard races that are silver ticket races to get to, um, or the, there's the bronze ticket races that will get you into the silver ticket races. And, and those will get you the spot to the, to the golden ticket race, which is the cap, the, the satellite one this year in, in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So so I, I uh, so yeah, so uh, I mean, I've, I've got the spot since Capital was a silver ticket. I've got the spot secured on, on the USA team. 
this year. So that's that's uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, that that was the goal, and uh, whether I got it by winning, I mean, I, I was kind of like setting the A goal was was to win it and have the definite spot. But my my B goal was just to go far enough to get be on the at large list because mm -hmm. well there's there's six silver ticket races so those are the guaranteed spots on the team then there's going to be then the nine best finishes after that are are the people that get the at large spots so um, so I don't have to stress about being in, on the at large list and worry if if someone's gonna if another race is gonna go really far and knock me off the list so right. it, it feels good to know that uh, it's, it's guaranteed at this point. Amazing. Amazing. We're all, you know, all the Sasquatch, we're pulling for you. And uh, well, it's really exciting this fall. Well, it is, it is thanks to you, Kim, because uh, you put on the bronze ticket race that got, got me into Capitol. So, so without that, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I would have made it been at Capitol. And, and it, it was all, it's all just felt like it's been kind of like a incremental build for me because mm -hmm. every backyard I've done has gone for the most part they've all just gone a little bit farther than the last so it's always like kind of like I'm just like haven't found my limit yet and that's like every time I go into a backyard that's my goal is either I want to either win it be the last person standing there or I want to find my limit so it's like you get you get one or the other because if you win it you didn't find your limit but you want you want it so that's pretty cool too but uh like um finding your limit is something that is fun too so i, I and the capital is the one where i was like uh, this is probably I, I i didn't think i was gonna be the last person standing there i i i, I lost hope i think it was this the second the, when we were going back into the night loops the second second time i started uh losing hope and I made a, a rescue phone call to Amanda to, to try and get her to uh, tell me it was okay to quit and she didn't let me. No, I, I can't see Amanda doing that. So yeah, I was, I was I was getting scared. I was getting scared when I was daydreaming and couldn't walk straight. But she, she just told me to go drink some coffee and keep going. Well, it was good advice, right? <laughs> it worked. It worked. Yeah, it was good advice. Oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. Well, yeah, like I said, we're so proud of you. And I think it's a pretty neat thing that you got, uh, you know, your first ticket into New Jersey, you know, kind of your home, your home state type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that is a little bit more of a storybook. It's, it's just like, uh, it's, yeah, it's just like everything fell into place so perfectly. It's it's, it's like it's planned out or something yeah it really was and you know you said thanks to me but it really is thanks to Laz because when we were organizing the backyard squatch I don't know if, I don't know if we've ever shared this story publicly but I reached out to him and said hey we're putting on this event wondering if you know in the future you keep us in mind put us on your calendar and he wrote me back directly and said I'll do you one better I'm gonna make your event a bronze ticket event I was like, oh my gosh, all right, we're going all in on this. So it was pretty neat. You know, he he took the time to explain the whole process and what it would mean for, you know, the winner of the backyard squatch. And uh, you know, we were really excited about that, you know, because it's neat just to be a part officially of the backyard community. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's that's I it's a cool, it's a it's a 
unique race format and it's like the way he has it all set up it's it's just super entertaining to watch how they these races play out and, and yeah it's like and his when he's there and he's given the the hourly updates i mean the, those are the yes. most amazing little bits of uh writing that that i love reading Man, I, so like, I was like yeah i, I was I, I talked to him a little after it i was like telling him like how much i I, I enjoy his reading his reading his all of his hourly updates he's like well you know I, I don't really he, he said something along the lines of like like how he he doesn't really think of himself like as that great of a writer but he's like you know you just you just bring great athletes together and, and it tells a story and a story is made so it's like he, you know he's very very humble about it but yeah. I mean he's, he's got a gift the way he, he writes and tells the story yeah, I mean, not and not only that, you know, I was thinking as you're describing the whole, you know, the format of, you know, alternating every year. Some of the things, I mean, he has created some really, I mean, just the creativity that he brings to the sport. I, I love that because, you know, we have a lot of, a couple of unique events at SAS, at SAS squad, you know, it's, it's just, and what he's done is really, you know, a lot of people obviously are catching on, they want to replicate it, but uh, he's really a creative in what he's done for Trail Ultra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from the Barclays, from the Barclays to backyards. Yeah, it's in the this couple. What's his other ones? The the race across Tennessee. Race across Tennessee. I yeah. mean, yeah, he's, he's he doesn't he doesn't have any boring races. Right. <laughs> uh, well, Scott, this has been so great. Um, before we close this out, I have to ask about the eggnog slog and, oh, no. and the hot dog race. Do you want to tell the people about these, uh, pretty incredible <laughs> results? Yeah. Yeah. Those it's, uh, there's a, those are a couple annual family traditions now. Um, at least the hot dog, the hot dog mile has become a tradition. Uh, the, the, the eggnog slog is a newer newer tradition but I, I think it's gonna i think it's gonna stick around uh i think i think last no two last two years we did the eggnog the nog slog the nog jog for <laughs> to celebrate christmas so i mean that and that uh, that's just like the beer mile only you replace the beer with eggnog and uh i, I you know there, there's there's less uh there's less rules out there for like how much eggnog you're supposed to drink compared to the beer mile. It's all pretty standardized. So I, I saw all kinds of nog, <laughs> nog miles that had different, different amounts. And I think the first year I ended up doing like a, I think I did like a double serving. I think it was like eight ounces every mile. And um, cause it was only a four ounce serving, but um, I did eight ounces every mile. And then I think last year I, I did, I cut it back and just did four ounces per mile. Cause I was, I felt so terrible. The, the 20 the, the one two years ago the 2021 so i was like yeah i'm not i don't want to do that again that was bad but then the the hot dog mile that that we started doing in uh i think it's back in 2015 was the first the the first hot dog mile and it was like uh to celebrate fourth of july and um the 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 nathan's famous hot dog eating competition in coney yeah. island it was going on 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 fourth of july on a saturday and so we came up with this idea um to do a hot dog mile while that was happening and joey chestnut was representing america oh, eating 
<laughs> 70 some hot dogs in, in 10 minutes. And um, so we decided to do a, a hot dog mile to celebrate. And uh, my wife said it was a terrible idea and not to do it. But um, I found one buddy who said he would be willing to do it. And we recruited a few other people. And I think we ended up having about 10, 10, 12 people that all showed up to run it with us. And um, so we did it. It's four hot dogs and hot dog every quarter mile. So four hot dogs, one mile. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's a rough mile. The, this, the last the last quarters last quarter is pretty rough the first half isn't too bad but the last quarter mile it, it gets a little it gets a little dicey <laughs> so uh but we've done it every year since so it's, it's a it's kind of a family tradition now and we set it up for for the fourth of july they have uh fireworks at my wife's parents house and so the the township's fireworks are like right in their backyard so we're just, they always have a lot of family out. So it's just like part of the tradition as to run the hot dog mile. And we set up, we set up a puke zone. And so oh if you gotta God. go, just make sure you make it to the puke zone. And it's, uh, there's, I, I think, I think we've had a puker every year, honestly. I think, I think maybe one year, one year we might've had no puke, but otherwise, yeah, it's been messy. <laughs> Legendary. Legendary. Oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, as we sign off here, can you tell people how, uh, how can they connect with you? Like if they can follow you on social media, I know you've got an amazing blog. I'd love for you to mention that, how people can find that and YouTube as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of, I do a little of everything. Um, the, the blog is, uh, beastcoasttrailrunning.com. And from there, I mean, I think you can probably find everything else from there. Um, although there's probably, uh, there's links in the sidebar to all the to YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Otherwise, otherwise the Instagram is also uh, Beast Coast Trail Running just with um, underscores between word, between the words. And because there's a few other Beast Coast, Beast Coast um, Instagram handles out there. So right. it's not a very original name, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I started using it like uh, whatever it's like five or six years ago and I'm so I'm just eh, I'm sticking with it at this point whether yeah, whether it's yeah. original or not but um with on the on the Instagram the in my bio there it's got a link tree with links to everything so that's probably one of the easiest ways to find me everywhere and so yeah Facebook and Twitter also are out there similar names but fantastic Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on. We're so glad we got to chat with you tonight. Yeah, thank you, Kim. It was fun. All right, guys. Well, if you tuned in on Facebook, thanks so much. We loved all the comments and the questions. Uh, if you're listening on our podcast, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you can always learn more about us, sasquadtrailrunning.com. You can find all the social media links uh, on there. So... That's about it. Till we see you again, keep it squatchy.